Welcome to the Clappers. Welcome to the Clappers. This is Andrew Young. Which means I must be Carl Quinn. There he is. Over there. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. I want to talk about me bad. Okay. I'll just Sorry. see you. I'll see you later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Come no, no, no. on. Come no. on, you middle class man, you. I am. You I are. Am. I'm you teased are. for it, but it doesn't work. There's no need to tease me because so, I am one. So, opening around the country on 220 screens, which makes is that it a the. Lot? That is a lot. Yeah. That is the widest opening for an Australian documentary ever uh, at the cinema. More is, than is, is Jimmy Barnes' Working Class Boy, which is a documentary based on... I think it's fair to say that it is based on his uh, the first part of his autobiography of the same title. He's written two, Working Class Boy and Working Class Man. And this... He, he's also toured... Uh, live, telling stories from that book and oh, singing know. songs and performing. No, don't be like no, that. No, 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 you don't. don't be like that. You misunderstand anyway. me. I, when I say I know, I've marvelled at the fact that this is a story that has been kept perpetually in the public eye for, it seems like, years. Two years. Two years. Yeah, like yeah. there are constant posters, whether it's him going somewhere to a bookshop to, to read from the book, whether it's him being painted by Arn Doe with a big, Yep. Palette knife, whether it's him, you know, yep. on the radio. I just can't escape the So if, there, if there's anybody them. in Australia who has not yet heard the story, yeah, then they have 220 different screens on which they can actually engage with it. Now, it's it's a pretty decent film. It's directed by Mark Joffe, who made Spotswood, which mm-hmm. is a you know, I like that. Yeah, it's a nice film. Yeah, it's very, I like that. very nice film. Yeah. Um, and. It's full participation mm. of of the man himself, Jimmy mm. Barnes. It has a lot of music performed live for the for the the recording for the filming. Okay, um, yeah. uh, some of it with uh, Don Walker and and Ian Moss, who were of course in Cold Chisel with mm-hmm. Jimmy Barnes, uh, along with Phil Small, the bass player, and Steve Presswich, who is no longer with us, who was a drummer. Um, and they perform. He performs two uh, Cold Chisel songs, both of which. Uh, interestingly, were written by tr- by Presswich mm. um, when the war is over and Flame Trees. I'm pretty sure Flame Trees. Forever Trims. now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think Flame Trees is written by uh, Presswich. Anyway, and great songs. Great, great songs. Both yeah, great sure, songs. sure, sure. And sure. there are lots of bits of him performing the mm. show. So it opens with him going back to Glasgow, which is where he was born, to perform at the end of his tour. And uh, it goes back to Adelaide, where his family migrated Sorry, when he was a wee tucker. Perf- when you say perform, do perform you mean- the, Performing the live version of Working Class Boy. Of the bo- oh, okay, so reading, yeah, basically. Well, telling stories, telling, not reading. Telling, okay, not yeah, reading, telling, telling stories. stories. So not doing a gig with a band. when yeah. Playing as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, playing as well, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. bit of both. So there's a bit of performance. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So there's a bit of performance and storytelling within there, and then there's performance for the camera, specifically for the film. Mm-hmm. There are lots of interviews mm-hmm. with his wife Jane, with him, with various people, including Don Walker and Ian Moss and... Uh, David Campbell, his son, who, who whom he fathered when he was, I think, sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a the core. The core. Mahalia is she in there? Yes, she's in there. The core story really is about how crappy his childhood was. Mm-hmm. His alcoholic father, who was a former boxer, and his mother. He, you know, they grew up in poverty in Glasgow. They migrated to Australia. They went to Elizabeth mm-hmm. on the outskirts of Adelaide for the, this bold new city, and la di da. It was miserable. Um, they were miserable. The fights and the drinking continued, and there was violence. And there's the hint of 
uh, sexual abuse is certainly like a, a, a reference to a moment when he escaped the clutches of somebody who was attempting okay. to abuse yep. him. But there's a kind of a lingering suggestion, as there is in the book, of something more. Um, all in all, it's, it's, it's a sort of it's a terrible story. Yeah. But it's an uplifting one because you get this picture of Jimmy Barnes at 60 as somebody who survived, who prospered, who actually mm -hmm. has come to terms to a large degree with all of that trauma and the scarring of it. Uh, my only hesitation with it as a piece of storytelling is that we know that Jimmy Barnes in his 20s, in his early 20s, 30s, 40s, was a really hard-drinking man and probably got into an awful lot of mischief and bad behaviour. He's been with his wife, Jane, since so in mid-20s, you know. Yeah. I suspect she's put up with a hell of a lot over the years right. and it doesn't really go near there. Yeah. Now, it is possible that there will be a book, uh, there will be a film Two working class man. Because there are two at some books. Point, there are they? two books. Yeah. Yes, and so th this film follows essentially yeah, the same trajectory okay. as the book. Yeah. So it's possible that we'll get there. Yeah. In a second film, the, my only sort of uh, question there is that it's a hell of a lot more expensive to put together a film, and I don't know what the budget for this is, but it's not. It's not a cheap documentary. Oh, I mean, okay. there's a lot of travel. There's a lot of, a lot of interviews. A lot of staging of performances mm. and so on. So. It won't have been a cheap production. Can I suggest that they may have done what they do with some of those other films that you like? Filming Lord, it as they Lord filming the part two as they go. Yeah, yeah, they, they might have they done that. Done I don't that. know. I don't know what the answer to that is. It's possible. I should bring him up. Yeah, ring Jimmy. Ring go on, give him, him a call. Give him a call. He yeah. loves a call. <laughs> loves a call from me. Give him a ring and say, "Did they do <coughs> part two's coming?" Isn't so it? I saw. I saw it at MIF at Melbourne Film Festival. Mm -hmm. it, they had the world premiere. Who'd you go with? I went on my own. Okay. And uh, I, I, I did, I did call up, you know, some of my high-profile Hugo Weaving, friend, Hugo Weaving, Rachel yeah, Griffiths, Rachel Griffiths yeah. you know, Sam Brian Neil, Brown. Sam Neil. Turned out Sam Neil was there. Oh. <laughs> I said, "Oh, thanks for inviting me, Sam. <laughs> thanks." <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was, there was, uh, there were bagpipes. There was Jimmy Barnes in a kilt. Yeah. Hilariously, Grand Denier. Hilariously, two days before, two or three days before yeah. the the premiere, he was performing live. At a rodeo in in Mount Isa, there was a section of stage or two sections of stage with a gap of about thirty centimeters be between them. He fell between these two parts of the stage, really injured his leg very badly. So he was hobbling around. There was mm. there was like I think there was a sort of suggestion he might have been turning up in a wheelchair at one point. Um, Would have been hilariously or otherwise. He posted on Facebook, you know, thanks for all your well wishes. Yeah. It's just the stage I'm going through. Nice. That's very humorous. <laughs> so you're friends with him on Facebook, are you? Oh, uh, no, no. Oh, you know, I follow him on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do I, do I follow him on Facebook? Yes, I guess I do. Yeah, occasionally. Pop in there. You know, cultures were a huge part of my youth. Were I, they? I yeah. didn't know. One of, the first, one of the first bands, I, well, actually, probably the first band I went to at mm. a licensed gig. I was 15. Yep, at a pub. That's what you're saying. At a nightclub. Okay. I was 15. And a mate's sister, she was a couple of years older, snuck I like where him and I going. in. <laughs> Tell me more. And uh, <laughs> it was Caesar's Palace in Ipswich. Caesar's it's getting better, isn't it? It's getting Render better. Render unto Caesar. Render unto Caesar. Well, they they uh, they did some well, not so much rendering, more renting, renting of garments because it was the night John Lennon was killed. Okay. And uh, they sort of spontaneously did this long Beatles medley mm. for about ten minutes. They piled together a whole bunch of Beatles songs, and then Jimmy Barnes uh, took the microphone stand, and uh, it was a it was a converted office building. This place, so right. low ceiling, yep. polystyrene roof tiles absolutely trashed the joint just smashed it apart and at 15 i was just mesmerized yeah, i just yeah. thought 
oh my god how dynamic is this world of rock and roll that yeah, i've just stumbled into and i sure. can't wait for more of this yeah. I mean, it was probably about three years before i got to another licensed gig but it was it was sensational and from that moment on i was i was hooked they were a truly magnificent live band they mm. were absolutely sensational musically and and the dyna- dynamism of their performances was incredible i've not really followed jimmy barnes's solo career anywhere near as much but um yeah anyway there you go that's the film yep if you're a fan and if you haven't heard the story what if you're not a fan definitely want to catch it if you're not a fan if you're not a fan i still think there's a lot to like in it and said listen uh someone is in canberra or something like that Mm. and say hey uh yeah there's nothing much on tonight jimmy barnes is in the books i was thinking of going along it's like 40 bucks or something i said have you heard the story before it's been i've I've heard the story three or four times on telly like Mm. if you have have you've already heard the story before maybe you know, save your money. But if you haven't heard the story before, then, you know. So people who are not Colleges of Fans, who are not Jimmy Barnes' music fans, mm. but he's a well-known Australian. He's a well-known character. Maybe not as well-known as Angry Anderson. I don't think he does a lot of midday TV, but he's well-known. And um, people are interested in him. So do you think those people I think, would, would be interested in I think his show? story is, is um, really moving mm. and pretty powerful, mm. uh, you know, because there is a lot of, nastiness there there was a there's a lot of uh heartache and then there's a there's a trajectory that is towards a place of you know healing and and acceptance and self-awareness and understanding and redemption. family means so well it's a redemption arc absolutely and family means so much to him you yeah. know because he had such a shitty family growing up and he's done his best to I, make a to make a, a, a good one. family yeah, yeah right yeah and uh, yeah i i think i think he's a pretty genuine guy as far sure. as I can tell I think his heart is absolutely in the right place this is what I hear he's been very outspoken about you know appropriation by you know white racists of you know Col Chisel's music and, and so on mm-hmm. you know I think uh, what are they called Patriot uh, I want to call them Patriot Blue but that's what they were called in Romper Stomper <laughs> but, well, you know the National People's Blair Co- Blair Cotterell's yeah, mob you know yeah, they, they up in the Northern Territory they uh, used I think Kaysan I think it was and he was like stop this now get yeah, the hell out of there people often misuse that song it's like the Bruce Springsteen one yeah. they, they, they don't get it <laughs> they don't get it, it exactly <laughs> yeah. so you know I, I, yeah. I have a lot of time for him as a, as a, as a person I think mm-hmm. he, he definitely sort of lends his name to the, the side of the angels yep. and uh, they were great not, not Doc Neeson and that, Co, that, but, they, they played together. <laughs> I've, I've seen the posters. So I think the story is intrinsically yeah. pretty pretty powerful. And I've got to say, his voice is sounding better than it has done for years. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Working class boy. There was my mum on her knees, screaming at the floor. And my granny's walking around, screaming at her. And then I came into the world, screaming. I've been doing it ever since. I was born James Dixon Swan, and this is the story of how I became Jimmy Barnes. The extreme of the things that he went through, so I had no idea he'd gone through that. If we could get away from all the bad influences that my father had, they could start fresh. When the war is over, I'm so proud of it because of how brave he is. I've been teased about this criticized perhaps you know i'm i'm a man of principle as you know oh i do and i don't resile from these principles <laughs> you just uh, who used to use that word was it john howard used to use <laughs> i don't resile that was his favorite phrase wasn't it 
I think his phrase was, I will not apologise. <laughs> I will not apologise. So I went to the home show on Sunday. And you're not resiling from this resiling revelation from one little it, bit. It will, whatever you think it is, yeah. it isn't. <laughs> right. Enjoyable. <laughs> it's hard on a good way to spend a day it's hard on the feet you you may think say say you wanted to build a home and you thought i'll go to the home show and i'll look at different there'll be different types of information for me yeah. on how to build a home and this year there actually were there were a lot of these tiny houses small houses oh, yeah, yeah. that yeah. people build in in sustainable ways using sustainable materials or not and they retail for you know, between the eighty and hundred and twenty thousand dollars. They're the kind of things that you could put in a old fashioned battle axe in a car quarter park. acre block. In a car you know, park. In, the ba- in your backyard, yeah, you know, yeah, for your yeah. teenager or your grandma. Yeah. And that was that that's always anything to do with actually building a house I think is really interesting. Absolutely. There is also a lot of spas. Oh yeah. A lot of spas, which yeah. I have no room for. I don't know if you have room in your heart or in your in your hearth. In neither. For, for, for in a, neither. Spa. I'm happy to go in a spa when it's yep. somebody else's and uh-huh. I don't have to worry about changing like the anybody, chemicals anybody in you it. Know, or doesn't just matter. I'll walking just, down the street. I walk down the street and somebody's front door is open. Oh, <laughs> chlorine, chlorine and the hum of an electric mm. motor. I'm there. And there are always these blokes who you can't imagine... Having regular employment mm. with a headset mic on. Oh, yeah. Spruikers. Demonstrating uh, a new way to slice vegetables. Oh, yeah. That is, that, and that, this way what has been around about Ju- for about 60, Julienne. Where, where 60 is, years. Is, yeah. yeah for where 60, does she live when there isn't a show on? For 60 years, the uh, vegetable julienne uh, <laughs> uh, lever and gridded, uh, network of blade grids has been demonstrated by... A, a man who, who looks grateful to have a job for three days. And then you've got the, the really beefy blokes um, demonstrating a new kind of ladder. Oh, right. Really strong, beefy, because the ladders are really heavy. And these yeah. ladders can be put into 76 different permutations. Oh, it's right? fantastic. And I, it's, like I, the, it's like the Rubik's Cube of ladders. I already have can one. Can you fold it up, though, at the end? Yeah, well, I, well, I already have one of these ladders. Do you? Yes, I did. And I was <laughs> caused to uh, open it up for a tradesman just the other day. All right. Um, I'm a beefy man myself, as mm. you know. Very muscular. More, more brisket, I'd say. <laughs> But, yeah, there's a lot of strange products that, and people buy them. People go there. They want to buy something. They're not going to buy a house. They're not going to buy windows. There's all these amazing products that you have absolutely no use for. And the occasional one or two, there's this one great kitchen firm that do bizarre things with kitchen cupboards that you've never thought of in your life. But so expensive. Are we talking Pog and Pole or? Ah, uh, oh, no. It's something begins with H. Uh, Hefler. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah them. Yeah. Them. Or they make the they make the runners and tracks yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They make very nice gear. Oh, they do. They yeah. do. Yeah. And I, got I like a bit. I like a bit of <laughs> kitchen. It's kitchen. Man, you know, it's really exciting. Technology. You look in there yeah. and you think I could be using my kitchen cupboards in a much more efficient I could be way. Sleeping in them. Alas, they are so expensive. Man. Yes, they are. Ah, and and so it was not necessarily the most uh, productive 
use of an afternoon, but it just reminded me of a, of a couple of things I need to get done around the house. Right. That that one day, should I ever uh, fall into a big bag of cash, yeah. I'll be able to do. You can start with sweeping the deck. I mean, that, that's oh, always that, that always makes an amazing improvement. I, I've swept. I swept the garage this very morning. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Don't you feel better for it? <laughs> Virtuous. Really, I really do. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than spending three hundred thousand on a rent. Look, I have to say, I didn't have to pay. You know, I like to be upfront about these things. Mm. Somehow, I, I'm on some list and receive free tickets to the home show every really? quarter or six months that it's on, which certainly makes up for the eighteen dollars I had to spend last week going and seeing oh, the spy who to dumped the me. Cinema. Yeah, eighteen bucks. <laughs> oh, man. So, so I didn't have to pay, which made it made it a lot more lot, lot easier to take uh, because it's a it's a very odd, strange, and it might appeal to those with a perverse sense of humour. The and there's always specials. Every bath is sold. Those big ovoid stone baths, mm. you know, those ones. Mm. Every single one is sold by the end of the home show. Really? Yeah. All so they, they, they probably go in there with a the made-up price, mm. right? And then yeah, they, yeah, Then yeah, they yeah, cut yeah. that made-up yeah, price up, yep, in half. Yep. Same and, with then, the, and then they cut it again. Yeah. Right? It's, yep. now, it's now two-thirds mm. off. Yep. And uh, that could, puts it only, that only 30% well be the case. <laughs> above what it actually costs. But if you want to buy a lot of saunas were sold, yeah, right. spas yeah. and bars. People, the Australians love to be scantily clad, I feel, in the mm. home, mm. whether it's the spa, the sauna or the bath. But all of them sold. So I think people like, okay, we're going to get a sauna. Let's just, like the, like the end of financial year sale, let's wait for the home show sale. I'm, I am tempted by my own personal sauna, mm. like having one. I can understand. I just haven't got anywhere to put it, but I'm, I'm tempted by the <laughs> thought of it. Just in the backyard. I'm already putting a bath in there and a lap pool <laughs> and infrared lights <laughs> so I can cook a steak while I'm swimming. While you're swimming. It doesn't sound at all dangerous. No, no, no. Uh. The home show, don't go. You know the whole Me Too saga, the Weinstein, yada yada. I do. Yeah, well, you know, st- still a lot of this is playing through the system. Oh, yes. But we've got a first little glimpse mm-hmm. of what practical impact it will have or mm-hmm. can have on some of those who've been uh, implicated one way or another. Yep. Kevin Spacey. I know him. Yep. Used to be just about everybody's favourite actor. Yep. Yep. True. Now, not so much. Yes. His latest film came out last weekend, Billionaire's mm. Boys Billionaire's Boys Club. Billionaire Boys Club. I've heard that title rings a bell. Yep. It opened with a grand total yeah. of $618 from 11 theatres across America. So only 11 theatres wanted this film. Yeah. Interesting, yep. isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? He's poison. He's box office poison. Yeah. I coin the phrase. The, I don't think you do. I coin the phrase. <laughs> he's box office poison. <laughs> I might jot that down. It's I very catchy. You review films, so you should put that somewhere on your phone so that when you're stuck for a phrase, As what can I write about someone who no one wants to see in films anymore? Tap, 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 tap. Kevin Spacey has become what Andrew Young calls <laughs> box office poison. <laughs> Yes. You heard it here well, here's from my lips to God's ear. Oh, well, I, thank you, thank you. But I, I prefer to think of myself as merely a minion, not not God. Um, <laughs> it makes it makes Ridley Scott's decision yes. to uh, recast Excise. the role. Excise him. Yeah. 
with Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World, look very, very smart indeed, I've mm. got to say. So I think we can safely assume that Kevin Spacey's career is over. Mm. That's it. Yeah. No more Spacey. I don't know that there's any way back for him. Uh, I think he's he's done and dusted. He's an ex-actor. He wouldn't pine if you put 40,000 volts I'm not going to name any names because we don't want to get into a long discussion about this, but there are a couple of men who continue to work in the motion picture industry whose careers are not over that I find very surprising. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting where the hammer falls, isn't it? You know. Yeah, and I think it it has a lot to do with the weight of evidence and as it should, as it absolutely should. I mean it's one thing to say somebody did something, but you need to have a bit more to go on than that. I think Roman Polanski is one of the Yeah, Polanski I'm about. is the a weight of evidence I think is Irrefutable. He was found guilty. Mm-hmm. There's uh, no no coming back from that. I would have thought. Except and yet his he career, continues his to career work. continues to flourish. Not so. in America. Not in America. But there are other countries. Mm, indeed. Andrew. Yeah. If you found yourself on a lazy midweek afternoon and with a oh, you know like a hot eighteen dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you're thinking <laughs> I might go and see a really really dumb movie because I so enjoy going to see the spy who dumped me. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of silly nonsense yeah, and good it was, fun. It was great fun, yeah. You could do worse than going to see the Meg. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're pulling a blank here. The the Meg. The Meg. Is that like uh, the Meg? Well, you know how Jaws was about a really big shark. That you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, well, yep. the Meg is about a really, really big shark. Oh. It's about a megalodon. It's about a seventy foot. Is it long shark? Is it real? Is this a real shark? Oh yeah. Okay. Have so you I haven't seen heard them? of it. I haven't haven't heard... you seen? No. Them? It's a I documentary. Despite despite growing up on in coastal Australia, where there were sharks and other denizens of the deep, I don't remember this this okay. creature. I, I'm just gonna all. I'm just gonna tell you I'm just gonna tell you uh, a couple of things that will get, allow you to frame this movie. Jason Statham is in it. Oh. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. Are we, are we there? You've got your bearings now. I have my bearings. <laughs> my compass is set to. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh, it's a really big shark. We've got to kill that shark. Oh, it's going to bite us on the legs. Oh, I better dive in and shoot it with my spear gun, which is kind of what he does at one point. It's, it is, it is. Is it enjoyable? Oh, it's so enjoyable. Really? It is, yeah. But, you know, we talked a while back, I think, about mm. the, um, the, the rock, the Dwayne, the Rock Johnson movie Skyscraper, movie, yeah, 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 which is yeah, like yeah, yeah. ridiculous, yeah. totally ridiculous. Have so you seen any top, others like the Mission Impossible film? I haven't seen the Mission Impossible Sh- film. Should yeah. you though, if you're on a oh, on a pilgrimage to I'm the pilgrimage land of to the see, ridiculous? I'm not on a pilgrimage <laughs> to see every ridiculous film, but you know, the I, road to Damascus is paved with Tom Cruise, <laughs> Denzel Washington, The uh, Rock, Samuel L. L. Jackson films. Possibly it is, but I, I have not headed down the road to Damascus lately. I okay. did, however, go out into the Pacific to, All right. know, to okay. swim around with the Meg. It, look, it's it's silly. It's it, beyond silly. Mm. But I, I laughed and I enjoyed it enormously. Okay. It had some... I mean, it's got, it ticks every sort of, like, cliche in the book. It's got, mm. you know, giant jaws around submarines and uh, all that kind of thing. Oh, but the scale of it is so off the chart yeah. that... It just makes for some really hilarious scenes, and it's it's pretty well done. Yeah. Um. Uh, it, interestingly, there's a there's uh, a lot of 
Chinese input into this movie. It's a it's a co-production between Hollywood and, and China, and uh, the finale takes place at a Chinese beach. Yeah. And uh, can I ask, does that because of the the Chinese mm-hmm. input? Does that mean that there's no CGI, that they built a real shark that's 70 foot long? Yes, and they yes. Use it was part millions of the, and millions it was part of, of the Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah, <laughs> millions of people. That they, Belt and Road and Meg Initiative. They use, because they, they, they do have some interesting aquatic species yes, over yes. there. The, uh, the, the, the blind dolphins. The Chinese, the, the Chinese the People's Party uh, decreed <laughs> that there would be a, a 20 metre megalodon rising from the depths, and lo, it happened. It that's, happened. They, they're a can-do people. They are a can-do people. It's amazing mm-hmm. what you you can do with a gun at your head. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it is ridiculous, beyond yep. ridiculous, but good fun. Okay. So if you, if it's a you know rainy Sunday afternoon, and you're going oh, I just want some you know home show, <laughs> and the home show's home not show. on <laughs> boat show. <laughs> boat show, we're going to need boat a show. We're going to need a caravan, oh, a much caravan show, boat, <laughs> caravan show, Aussie barbecue show. Mate, there's always a show. There's always a show at. The, uh, you know what? The, you know what they Center. need? They need. Yeah. They need the show show. The show show. The show show. Oh, where you, you get all go, the shows. You get all of the shows yeah. in the shed at the mm. same time. My favorite show, which the, we the don't, meta show, which they've, I think they've stopped doing this on purpose What's in that? Sydney and Melbourne, is the motor show. They've stopped doing it. They stopped doing it. There was some. It was too expensive, like to get the cars out here, and they'd share, like they do it. They'd swap. They'd do one year Sydney one because it was yeah. outrageously difficult and expensive. I, I'm presuming insurance and other things like that. And they haven't had it. And and I, as a boy, I would go every year, get all the pamphlets, sit in the cars. There'd be the Rothmans girls handing out packets of cigarettes outside <laughs> the Ardith Pavilion. To you as a little boy? Anybody could go <laughs> in. They had a photographic exhibition of the best news photos of, right. of that year. And you'd go in and there'd be these girls in little hats and skimpy gear with trays, silver salvers, if you will, of beautifully packaged uh, Rothman cigarettes, which you could just have a couple of packs. Listen, this show is not brought to you by uh, Philip Morris. No, as a young boy, uh, I didn't smoke cigarettes, so they weren't of that much use to me, but I could trade them. Oh, with older. So you were practically like an inmate, weren't you? With older cousins <laughs> and other other relatives who frequented racetracks and so on. Yes, I was just. You like, were living oranges and new black as like, an eight year old. I was like George Siegel in King Rat. <laughs> oh, so the Meg, I, I can't. I have to say, you I guess. can't see myself in a position where where I would be seeing that film. But good on you for once again. Plumbing the depths oh, it's, of, of what Hollywood has to offer. I, I, I have to go there. Yeah. I have to go there. I feel it's my duty. It's mm. my duty. I do it so that no, you don't have to, no, Andrew. Well, I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I put thank myself you. on the line. Thank Body you. and soul. Thank you. And what little bit is left of my mind. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct over two million years. Wrong. This is the end, okay? <laughs> this is the end of the Clappers for this episode. I hope we've brought you some measure of entertainment and satisfaction. Enlightenment, joy, pleasure, uh, despair, perhaps. A little bit of despair. Thank maybe. you, Dr. Thesaurus. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. What's a thesaurus? 